Those of you watching online, thank you for joining us as well on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock. Once again, if you're glad to be here, say amen. amen. What a blessing to be here together as a family. Victory in Jesus. Sing together. I heard an old, old story. Now a Savior came from glory. Oh, me, and I 
Amen. Thank you, Brother John. I want you to be seated tonight. And uh, Brother John, we're going to just upside down the service, if you don't mind completely. Uh, we're going to go to prayer time. And so, ushers, if you'll get the prayer slips out, uh, we're going to turn those in now. Uh, I've got to go to prayer. I have a need that just was given to me. And so I told that family that we would start the service with prayer. Uh, I just got a phone call. One of my deacons from back in Texas, uh, Brother Thomas Bell, one of the sweetest kindest most gentleman you ever met his wife just fell over dead with a heart attack and uh, so he is my dear he's his second wife I buried his first wife of cancer and then he remarried Teresa who is my assistant pastor's daughter and so I had to make a phone call just now to talk to a grieving husband and a grieving daddy so I said you know what first thing we're going to do is just go to prayer together and we're going to get our folks uh, praying brother Bill you know brother Bell you remember brother Thomas Bell from Valverde Baptist Church his wife was Rita and Teresa, so uh, if you just pray with me, the Bell family and the Rowe family, Thomas Bell, that's the husband, and then Sam and Dorothy Rowe, that's the mom and daddy. Uh, I think, uh, if I remember, I'm not exactly sure, but Teresa, Thomas is a good bit older than Teresa, but I think Teresa, not yet 50 years of age, and so uh, just passed away. So we're going to go to prayer, and I, I, I was in the hospital today, many of you know that Maya got readmitted to the hospital. They weren't happy with how she was recovering after the procedure and finally got her to take a nap. Now, she did not want to, but finally got her to take a nap and she was laying there all hooked up and wired up to the machines and, and I just looked over there at her and she's uh, very peaceful when she's asleep. I like that when she's asleep. But uh, I thought, this is the oh God kind of praying. Uh, this is oh God, if you don't do something, I don't know what can be done. And uh, so tonight we've got a uh, oh God situation that we're praying for my dear friend, the Bell family and the Rowe family. Maya, they've upped her uh, medicine now. This, this new medicine is four times stronger than the LASIK medicine she was on that's removing all the fluid uh, from around her heart, the lungs, and just the different areas of her body. So lift her up in prayer. Don Combs is recovering. Uh, they removed a kidney. And uh, so you pray for Brother Don uh, uh, Combs. Uh, our dear friend with Dan Ho, this is uh, Prad's former pastor uh, in COVID, critical condition. And I pray for his wife, Barbara, and uh, for him. Uh, I can tell you a list, a list of preachers that have died because uh, of COVID. I don't know if it's a lung issue. I don't know why there so many preachers have died of that. But uh, let's pray for Dan Ho. And then Adam, and then I was just talking to Terry. Uh, he is bleeding, and Adam's 40-something years old. He's bleeding, and he can't figure out why. They've done all kind of tests. They're doing the liver tests, so on, trying to figure that out. Uh, Jim and Bonnie Wojewicz. Wojewicz, this is the parents of Lori Hall's best friend. Uh, both have big surgeries coming up this uh, right here tomorrow and then later and then Vicky's recovering Dale Ho is mourning the loss of her son Willard shoulder surgery Diane Poplar recovering got a sweet phone call from Nancy Harris uh, she misses her church family so you pray for Nancy and then Jane Nevitt as well and then we're going to add Trish Stanton is praying for Isabella Schneider going to uh, All Children's GI on Friday been there done that bought the t-shirt Crystal is Crystal here tonight where's Crystal Crystal all right, Crystal is praying for her dad, uh, Harry, and uh, his health. This is David's girlfriend, Crystal. All right, and then Trish is also praying for um, the pulmonary as well. So the, Isabel's got a lot going on. Sharon is praying for her Aunt Alita and the radiation. And then another uh, Ruth Ann with chemo. And then Donnie Lomas, all of uh, uh, Donnie 
Chucky and uh, his platoon uh, are in Afghanistan and then Gregory. So the three boys and then specifically the one in Afghanistan. And then also I want you to pray tonight uh, as we just come together. And I want you to come if you're physically able. I want you to come to the altar. And uh, let's just pray for the Bell family and the Rowe family right now. Uh, those of you that have been to other churches, you know that you may move churches and you may leave. But your heart always stays there a little bit. And uh, so he was one of my first deacons. And uh, when you bury a, a wife together like that, uh, you, you go through the valley together. You grow close together. So let's pray for the row and the bell. Anybody else far left? Anybody else? Chuck. Brother, brother just yes. Brother. Yes. Yes. Yeah, just suddenly. So let's pray for Linda's brother's family, or Linda and, and whoever that, what's left there. I don't know how, who else is left there, but uh, 60 years old, 60-something. 70, okay, 70-something years old. Let's pray for that. Anybody else far left over here? How's your back, Jack? Jason, Jason everything better? Did you get any results? Doing good. That guy's adjusting you out and all that? Three, three months of therapy, three days a week, and it's okay. working so far. He looks good on the outside, but he's broken on the inside. You pray for Jason. He's got a lot going on with his back. Anybody else far left over here? Good to have you back, sir, and a great trip. We're going to say more about that Sunday. Looking forward to that. And all the Lord did on the trip and then the extra time they were in Dominican. And then a lot going on here trying to get materials down, a lot going on. Sound booth, anybody back there? Everything good? Life's good. All right. Middle left. Middle left. Mary? Mary. Okay. Death. Death in the neighborhood. Anybody else? Gary? Gary's brother in law passed away suddenly with COVID. So maybe that'll be an opportunity. Amen. Anybody middle right here? Harry? Mother passed away. Tina sits over here when she's here. Mother passed away. Let's pray for the Minnick family. Anybody else? Jim? Many unspoken requests. Absolutely. Anybody else? Far right. Far right. Jim? Good man, loves the Lord, soul winner, so we praise the Lord. Pray for father-in-law healing. Beth? Wouldn't that be something? Absolutely. Yes, he, he needs the Lord. What, and he's a nice guy, but just nice guys, hard for nice guys to find the Lord sometimes. So let's lift your husband up. Uh, Brad? Okay, Conti family. thought of Joan Conti as well. I sure miss her. A lot of folks we miss. Anybody else? Uh, Carolyn? Carolyn's got test results coming. All right, if you're physically able, I want you to come and gather around the altar. The Rowe family, pray for my friend Tom Bell. Many, we've, I think we just mentioned half a dozen people passed away that are connected to our church family. These are unsaved friends and family as well. So lots to pray about, lots to pray for. And... Uh, just pray for my friend. Pray for Brother Sam Rose, sister pastor me for several years. He pastors a church now in southeast Texas. Let's lift him up in prayer. Let's pray. Alan, make your way to the pulpit. Lead us in prayer, please.
Dear Heavenly Father, God, we love you so much, Lord. Thank you for salvation, Lord. Thank you what you've done for us, Lord. Thank you for knowing what we need, Lord, seeing the road out front of us. And uh, Lord, as we walk this path, sometimes we we have no idea what's what's happening, why it's happening, but, but you always know. Whenever we run into a roadblock or a cliff or a stumble, Lord, we have to understand that you've already placed something there in the path for us, Lord. And if we'll just stop and pick it up and take it, you've got it for us. Just help us to trust you and have faith just to keep on walking, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord. Your, the answers are in your word. The direction is in your word. Comfort is in your word, Lord. Wisdom and all the things that we need to have, Lord. Lord, uh, pray that you'd just take each one of us in here, Lord, and, and use us, Lord, to help somebody next to us, Lord whether it be to comfort them, uh, to uh, just to help them, to encourage them, maybe a reprimand, Lord, or to guide them to you, Lord. Whatever it is you want us to do, help us to do it, Lord. Lord, I think of all these prayer requests, Lord. There's so many people, Lord, that uh, with sickness, with illness, Lord, it just seems like this has been a season of people passing and going on to you, Lord. And so many people, I pray that you'd be with the families, Lord, the ones that are left here, God. We, as we have to deal with the people that have gone on, Lord. Just give us comfort, Lord. Help us to lift up the ones around us again, Lord. Uh, families and, and all that, Lord. Pray for the ones that are in hospitals. Uh, Lord, this is such a hard time when we can't even go in and visit people, Lord. Uh, but encourage them, Lord. Lift them up. Heal, Lord. Uh, and the families that, uh, that are trying to get there to comfort them, Lord, they feel so helpless. Just lift them up also, God. Lord, uh, Lord, help us to uh, uh, just turn to you for things that we don't have any answers for, Lord. We, we just have to, we have to have, we just have to have. It's just, oh God, we don't even know what to say. Read our hearts, see our hearts, hear the, the groaning in our heart, Lord. And just uh, have to trust, we have to trust that you will answer our prayers. You will comfort, Lord. We don't know how or where or when, but you will, Lord. Without any doubt, you give us sure hope, Lord. You're awesome, Lord. We love you, Lord. We don't understand, Lord, but we don't have to. Just uh, We have to just hold on to you sometimes and maybe cry. But just say thank you, and we love you. Father, thank you so much for being our Father. We love you. I pray for uh, pastors. He preaches right now, Lord, as he opens up your word. Help each one of us to hear exactly what it is that each one of us needs right now at this moment, Lord. It's from your word. Through pastor, from you, Lord, help us to hear what you have. We love you. In Christ's name, amen. Father, we ask you now to help us. Oh, dear God, how can we pray? Lord, how can we even begin to empathize? Here's a precious husband, precious mom and dad. Lord, uh, just on a Wednesday afternoon, Lord, no plan, no thought, no preparation. It's heaven. So, God, I pray you comfort where words cannot comfort. Help or help cannot be found. I pray that we would, Lord, uh, times like these, that Thomas and Sam would lean on what they know and not what they feel. Lord God, I pray that we that love them would demonstrate that love. And Lord, I pray that we would do whatever we can, whatever, whatever small tokens of love we could show, we could do that. Lord God, I pray that we'd be ready to go. If it were tonight that our church was grieving, us, may we have, first of all, a great confidence that our testimony would be short, that our name would be found in the book of life, and Lord, we'd be able to rest in that and comfort it in that. 
for a while of sorrow for just a moment. It will not be long before we'll see each other again. Lord, I pray that we would be burdened about our soul. We pray for Beth's husband tonight. Dear God, I beg you now to draw his attention to Jesus. Lord, we cannot save and we cannot make people get saved. We can present the gospel. We can have the ornaments of grace as a godly wife and friends. But Lord, ultimately it is a convicting work of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. So Lord, I pray that he would be drawn by testimony, by witness, Lord, by conscience sake, that he would come to Christ, that he would confess the need for Jesus and receive him. Even now, comfort Beth, that, Lord, there might be a great promise given her, that, Lord, these prayers will not be void, that you would uh, do a great work, the greatest work, the work of salvation. Lord, my heart breaks for Linda tonight, uh, Gary's sister, and, Lord, just uh, all of these that, Lord, are grieving, Lord, the uh, Bereavement of death or so difficult. It's, it's hard to, to put ourselves in those places, Lord. So I pray you help them to be encouraged in the Word of God and by the people of God. Those are great needs, Lord. My little girl, how desperately we want you to fix her and bring her home. And Lord, we just pray you touch her body so that this fluid be drained and this heart be softened around the edges so that it could expand correctly. Take the pressure off of her little body. Pray for Valerie, Lord, there in the hospital with her, the nurses, the doctors. But then when I think about that whole floor that we're on, that whole hospital, uh, Lord, uh, there's greater needs than what we have just all around us, so those children, their great needs. God, help us to be a witness to the nurses, to the doctors, and to the patients, and then Lord, help us to find opportunities to be a blessing. I think about uh, Sarah today, or uh, yesterday, even giving a testimony of uh, special needs family that's going through the battle and Lord not responding well. So God, I pray that we'd be a witness to these that are hurting and in these vulnerable times that God, we can tell our story yes. that you might make a difference. Lord God, I pray now for the teens, God, how we need revival in our teens so desperately. Lord, we probably need salvation and then revival. So God, I pray tonight that you do a work. Lord, I pray that you send revival. May there be one that stands in the gap. Lord, that would be that watchman for that group and lead the way spiritually. Confess, Lord, sin and get things right with you and each other. Lord, we're not, uh, we're not, we need to be there. It's very clear, very evident. I know Clint is burdened for it. I know Nick is burdened for it. I hope our teachers, our staff are burdened for it. Lord, we can be broken and burdened, but God, if you don't do a work, it'll be in vain. So, Lord God, Lord God do something uh, even in our littles, Lord, that our littles be tender to you or we uh, escape some of these uh, foolish things that the older kids the young kids would get on fire for you and we see revival uh, even in the younger crowd you know, uh, maybe that would be what helps the older crowd I don't know but Lord I pray for our, our youth and our teens our school Lord I pray for our staff our families our deacons pray for this uh, pastor of Brother Prads and Cecina's Lord pray for uh, your will to be done your grace to be sufficient my friend, Brother Chris, as he grieves over his daddy. My friend, Eva, she grieves over her daddy. There's so many people with this COVID and uh, other related sicknesses, Lord. Tonight, I pray you'd help us. We come uh, reminded uh, here just uh, 15, 20 minutes before church how frail and precious life truly is. And Lord, how much we need you. Lord, let this relationship be strong between us and you and each other. 
that we might handle these heartaches of life and be faithful to the end we pray. Again, bless my friend Thomas. For the second time, he's laid a wife to rest. I'm very thankful both for godly good women. Lord, I pray you'd help him out tonight. Pray for Sam and Dorothy. I pray you'd help them out tonight. Lord, may your grace be enough. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Brother John, lead us again. We'll get to preaching time. Oh, can you stand to your feet if you're able to here in the house? several other New Testament passages tonight. We'll make some correlations and bring a point home in just a moment. Verse number 1, chapter 31, we're going to build the tabernacle. And the Bible says in verse number 1 of Exodus 31, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel. Now that's a neat name. I want you to think about that. Write it down. Remember it. Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge. Now, you would think that that's about to talk about prophetically. I filled him with the Spirit of God and wisdom and he's a great prophet. No, it says I filled him with all manner of workmanship to devise cunning works, to work in gold and silver and in brass, cutting of stones, to set them in carving of timber, to work in all manner of workmanship. And I behold, I have given with him Aholiab, the son of Ahishamach, of the tribe of Dan, in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, 
I have put wisdom that they make all that I have commanded thee, the tabernacle of the congregation, the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is thereupon, and all the furniture of the tabernacle, the table and his furniture, and the pure candlestick with all his furniture, and the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering with all his furniture, and the labor and his foot, and the cloths of service, and the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his son to minister in the priest's offices, and the anointing oil and sweet incense for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded thee shall they do. Now I want to give you a thought before we go to the New Testament. Uh, it was just as important for these two men that I named. Again, verse number Two, we have Baziel, and then down in uh, verse uh, number six, Aholiab. It was just as important for these two men to be filled with the Spirit of God as it was for Moses. Now mark that. So many times we think, well, the preacher ought to be filled with the Spirit of God and uh, the teacher ought to be filled with the Spirit of God and uh, maybe the deacons and the leaders. Listen, every person ought to be filled by God's Spirit to do the work God's called them to do. Uh, these men were filled with the Spirit of God. They were given wisdom and understanding and they were artisans. They were craftsmen. They were part of what we call, Mike Rowe might call, the skilled trades. These were men that knew how to put things together and make it look right and make it stand up. And, and God says, now we're going to build the tabernacle of the Lord. And these two men, these men, uh, men of God, are going to do the work that I've called them to do. And they're going to work in all of these precious stones and woods and metals. And they are going to do the work that I've given you to lay out the tabernacle. Now, as we're watching this building going up, and I tell you what, it's better than television. Watch out, walk out there and watch what's going on. Uh, it is amazing. There's upwards of 30 different men, uh, three different crews right now, and uh, they are running around. Uh, if you've ever watched an ant pile from on high, it's kind of like that. They are just going all over the place. Sometimes we'll take the GoPro camera and we'll speed it up, and it just looks like this all going over where, and this one's going here, and this one's doing that, and this truck's coming here. Here, and this forklift's there and that tractor's there and uh, to me it looks like chaos everybody's doing different stuff you got mud over here and dirt over here and you got concrete here and block here and this guy's cutting and this guy's doing this but let me show you something there's a harmony in that chaos there's the harmony of chaos it looks like it's a bunch of people doing a bunch of different things but everybody's doing different things in Harmony together. The harmony of chaos. What I've learned in the building program is it may look like chaos, but it's actually everybody working together. Now, the Bible makes it very clear that to build the tabernacle, and we could also go over to Chronicles, and uh, we could look at the building of the temple because the same type of men are called out there for the same type of work, even in a greater sense, because the temple was such a greater structure than the tabernacle. And uh, there in Chronicles and here in Exodus, you find these skilled men, these skilled tradesmen who had specific responsibilities and needed God just as much as the prophet or the preacher did to do the work God called them to do. But I want you to go now to the New Testament. And I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 
And uh, we're going to read a little bit of Bible here, so just kind of uh, bear with me as we set the table here. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Now, some of you ask about the Bible tonight. I'm having my red Bible rebound. So I'm, I'm having a fill-in Bible tonight, so I'm not used to it. Uh, but uh, I'm getting my Bible rebound because I want to keep it forever and ever and ever. And it's getting a little ragged around the edges, so I'm having it sent off to get rebound. Uh, but I want you to look at verse number 1 now, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you <clears throat> as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and division, are ye not carnal as walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another I am of Paulus, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers by whom ye believed even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Watch this. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive reward. If any man's work shall, not, uh, shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now, this is a transition thought. Because in uh, the Exodus passage, we see these men of God who are building a great physical structure. Now, the Apostle Paul talks about what we're doing. We're building our life. And he says, look, as you build your life, uh, you are laborers together with God. And uh, you are part of this great uh, spiritual journey. And uh, your foundation, of course, is Jesus Christ. And you're trying to grow on that. And I've helped you a little bit. And Apollos has helped you a little bit. And others have helped you a little bit. And together, uh, we're working working together to do something for God. We're working together for you to grow into a spiritual maturity. Uh, we're working together for you to serve. And uh, so he's likening now the Christian life and Christian ministry to a great building. And then the last passage, we won't read all of it together, but we will look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Just a couple of pages over and to find Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And look at verse number of 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11. And he says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting or spiritually maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect, mature man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, 
love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, for whom or from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. Now, he says, uh, for the growing of the body of Christ, for the maturing of the body of Christ, we've got different parts and pieces. And we've got some pastors and some teachers and we've got some evangelists and we've got some different folks that come along in this process. Now, it looks like chaos, but there's a great harmony in that chaos. And just like out there, if you come by tomorrow morning about 9 o'clock, you'll see people going to and fro and all these different things. And you say, are they accomplishing anything? Oh, yes, because each part, though very separate and different, is working toward a common goal. Now, watch me. My goal as the pastor of Community Bible Baptist Church is to win people to Christ and teach them to follow Christ. Everything else. Now, hey, everything else is secondary. Winning people to Christ and teaching them to follow Christ. Uh, it's about that and that alone. And everything we do ought to be in harmony toward that goal. Now, it may look disjointed and it may look a little chaotic at times. And everybody may look like they're doing something different. But everybody ought, ought to be on the same team of winning people to Christ and teaching them to follow Christ. The beauty of chaos, the harmony of chaos, uh, the goal, the goal. I told a young preacher yesterday, uh, he's going to start a church. And I said, man, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go preach Christ. Preach Christ. The goal is to win people to Christ. The goal is then to disciple them. I just told Colin and, and uh, Shelly, they, they've completed level one. I guess that's in the sound booth, Miss Nicole. I didn't grab it. So make sure we get them their certificate. But they've completed level one of discipleship. That's wonderful. Uh, they're on a journey. Uh, they were lost. They were unsaved. Praise God they got saved and they're believers. Man, now my job is to help them go from what? From a believer to a follower of Christ. But that's not where it stops. Because I want them to go from followers all the way to disciples. That's what I'm supposed to do. Just because I lead somebody to Christ, I can't just leave them stay there. I've got to help them go from being saved. Preacher, if I die right now, I go to heaven. Wonderful, are you a follower? Well, i got some stuff in my life. All right, let's work through that. Let's grow through that. Uh, he said in that first passage, he said, I'd like to give you some meat, but you're a bunch of spiritual babies. Why? Because when you first get saved, you can't take it all. You can't take it all. That's what's wrong with some of us. We try to force feed some meat down on babies. They're not ready for that. And by the way, until they become followers, they'll never be ready for that. I want you to think about that. You, preacher, I can't get so-and-so to do nothing. Stop trying. You're wasting your time. You're whistling Dixie. Spitting in the wind. Tugging on Superman's cape. Don't mess around with Jim. I just had to get there. All right. Some of y'all get those. Some of you don't. Those that get you, you know God. Amen. But uh, listen, you're wasting time. I can't, make, I can't make anybody go from a lost man to a saved man. I can't make anybody go from a saved man to a follower. My goal is to help you. And, and speaking the truth in love, sometimes I have to come down and say, this is good, this is bad. Uh, but my goal is to help you grow. I, I'm to win you to Christ, but I'm not to leave you as a babe. I try to help you. I'm trying to provoke you to good works. I'm trying to encourage you, maybe even correct you sometimes as a pastor, reprove, rebuke. But my goal is to build something of beauty in your life. Boy, the most beautiful life in the world is a life submitted and sold out to Jesus Christ. 
That's the only life that counts, by the way. When you get to the end of your life and you're lying on that deathbed, you're about to step out of eternity. Listen, I, I, I've got one football kind of sports guy that I, I follow. I don't like that. Just the Lord's been good to me here lately. Kind of a lot of that's been weaned out of my life, which is good. But I do like a guy named Colin Cowherd. And boy, he had a massive, uh, had a massive blood clot. Uh, and he said, as a most awful pain, thought I was going to die. And man, my first thought was, boy, I hope this man uh, gets serious about life and death because it is appointed a man wants to die and after this, the judgment. My, my goal is that everybody gets saved and everybody grows and becomes a beautiful, beautiful believer. But what I was going to say about Colin Cowherd, millionaire, just sold his Malibu Beach Mansion for millions of dollars, millions of dollars. Man, on his deathbed, he will not be thinking about his money, his fortune, or his fame. He'll be thinking, I'm about to meet God. I hope there's one out there, and I hope he's going to accept me. And dear, dear friend, if you don't know Christ as Savior, you cannot be accepted there. So, so we have a goal out here. It's interesting. The goal for me is not to lay blocks. I'm excited seeing the blocks go up. The goal, I got excited. It's the weirdest thing excited me. I saw my first electrical outlet in the building this week. They, they had to pump, go ahead and punch it in the concrete block. And I walked in and said, there's electrical. There's no electricity running for days and months and months. There won't be any electricity. But there's an outlet there because they got to run it in the block. And I said, there's an electrical outlet. My goal is not to see block or, or to see electrical outlets. My goal is not even to see metal. My goal is to see finished, completed, beautiful building. But I'm laying block to get there. I'm digging, putting pipe in to get there. I'm laying plumbing in there. And all of these things that we're doing, uh, we have a goal. The goal of the block is to get ready for the steel. The goal of the steel is to get ready for the roof and to enclose it all in so we can get the concrete in. And one day, uh, Lord willing, we have a big grand opening service there and we see people saved and baptized and, and just do all we're doing now on a bigger and better scale. But the goal is not just to build blocks. Listen, whatever you're doing today, you've got to open your mind a little bit. Today opens up to tomorrow. And what you're doing today is really setting the table or the foundation for what you will have tomorrow. So I want to always remember, my goal is not just today. My goal is what I'm doing today opens up to tomorrow. Our goal. I gave this illustration years ago. I, I, I should get a new one, but it's a good illustration. A man walked by a great cathedral where two men were laying blocks. One of those cathedrals that literally takes hundreds of years to finish. In fact, they'll never finish in multiple lifetimes. And uh, he asked the one fellow, he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm just stacking blocks. He asked the second fellow, what are you doing? He said, I'm building a cathedral. They were both doing the same menial job for the day, but one had the grander vision. And here's the deal. Everything that we're doing today is it to see people saved and to teach them to follow Christ, to push the gospel around the world starting at our own locale uh, to local ministry, and then from there. So there, there's a goal. The goal of building is that finished structure. Uh, we, we've been finding some things out along the, the way. We, we've got a little, a little design thing. It's a design thing, and I'll talk about it maybe in another sermon. It's a design thing the architect put in just to look pretty. Has no function and actually cost me a couple of hundred feet of storage space. I thought... It was storage, and it's not storage. It's fake storage, and it's just for pretty. And we're seeing this as the building goes up, and then we go back and look at the picture and go, oh, it's on the picture. We just didn't see it on the picture. Right now, if you go out there, you don't know what they're doing unless you look at the finished product, the, 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 the artist's rendition, the blueprints. 
They're, they're just stacking blocks, on, making walls. But if you look at the finished product, you say, oh, this is a means to an end. Right where you are now is a means to an eventual end. You're going to give an account of your life someday, and today is part of that accounting. What you did today is part of that accounting. Oh, God, that's an oh, God thought. You, you, eventually, I stand before God and give an accounting of myself. And today and yesterday and the last month, the last year, the last 52 years is part of that accounting. So my goal. Now, number two, uh, to build anything out there, you got to have a guide. you got to have a guide. And, and they call them blueprints. And they call them, uh, you know, there's, there's plot layouts and, and there's all these different parts and pieces of it. There's, there, if you go over to the trailer right now, Brother Pratt will tell you, there's probably 12 or 14 different sets of plans. And it's all the way from the overall design to the very specific electrical design or plumbing design or HVAC design. I mean, there's all kind of plans. And uh, uh, I watched those guys, uh, especially when they were laying those first few blocks. Man, they look at those plans then they go take a measurement. And they go back and look at those plans and they go take a measurement. They, I mean, back and forth. Before they did anything in the dirt, they kept looking at the plans and take a measurement. Look at the plans and take a measurement. Why? Because what they're building, they can't just go out there and start throwing blocks around. they got to have it precise and exact. And that's because somebody much smarter than those guys designed it all out and then sent it over to the structural engineer and they went back and they changed some things and it took us about two years to get all those plans laid out. Finally they said, here's the blueprints. Now, if we come to the end of this building and uh, the building's off square or, or we're missing a room or we're missing a bathroom, or, I mean, somebody didn't follow the blueprint. They didn't stay with the guide. And if you go out there right now, you'll see strings run everywhere and you'll see tomorrow laser levels run everywhere and uh, they've got those blueprints and uh, they're making sure that everything they do is what the blueprint said. Nothing more, nothing less. You end up with a messed up building. Somebody didn't follow the plan. Somebody didn't follow the guide. Well, they've told me some horror stories. And I, I've grieved over that, over this whole process. Oh, dear God, make sure they're staying with the plan. Make sure they're not, they're on, make, I can't read that blueprint, but make sure that dude can read it. It's interesting. A lot of people ask this question, how? Did I get here? Well, I'll tell you exactly how you got here. You didn't read the blueprint. You didn't follow the advice of the engineer who designed it. You didn't follow the advice of the architect who knows why it's there in the first place. We have a God. Our problem is we don't like the God. The Bible declares that it is a lamp under our feet and a light under our path. We don't have to stumble in the darkness. We choose to stumble in the darkness. We don't have to, to, to get lost. We go our own way. Nobody, by the way, nobody makes you go your own way. That, that would not be your own way. That would be their way they're making you go. But when you go your own way, what you're saying is, well, here's the guide. I'm just going to go off course. And then when you end up over here and you say, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. You didn't obey the book. Now, sometimes there's tests and trials, and that's a separate sermon. You understand that. But when we, when we don't get the right results, most of the time it's because we didn't follow the right instructions. I'm, I'm watching these guys. It's amazing to me. I watched a guy uh, 
the other day. I watched a guy take a block. Now these are these are twelve. These are huge blocks. I watched a guy take a block and 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 literally shave off about an eighth of an inch of a concrete block to get it to fit exactly like it's supposed to fit. And uh, I'm thinking, man, he is precise. You know why? Because if he messes up, he's in trouble. By the way. If that company messes up, we have a contract clause that they're responsible. That means they got to start eating that. That means they're on top of it. So, bless God, you better follow the rules because we're paying for it if you don't. It's interesting. We'll pay more attention to a recipe for dessert. We'll pay more attention for instruction manual to build some kind of thing at home. We'll pay more attention and we will the word of God. Well, you wouldn't dare. If, if mama's recipe calls for two eggs, you put two eggs in. You wouldn't say, ah, oh, an egg will be fine. Because mama said two, you put two in. But the Bible says, don't do this. Well, eh, who's, who's God? I'll tell you who he is. He's the creator, and he knows his creation pretty well. Well, you know, I've got to be faithful to this and that. I did a marriage retreat this weekend, and uh, man, good night of living. Uh, marriage retreats are hard to preach, by the way. If you think, that's probably my most difficult of all my, my events to preach at uh, because there's so much there. And uh, I'm just going to tell you, there's a lot of things can go wrong in a marriage. A lot of good things can get in the wrong place. The right things are just in the wrong place. All of a sudden, priorities get out of whack in a marriage. And uh, relationships begin to dim and get distance and, and all of a sudden head for disaster and divorce and all those things. And uh, you've got to follow the recipe. By the way, everybody wants the results. Happy, happy, happy. But to get the results, you've got to follow the recipe. Stay with the guide. Isn't it interesting? Uh, we try to make this book a lot harder than it is. We try to circumvent it or slide it around. The book is pretty clear. God, God didn't make it that difficult. Here's what you stay away from. Here's what you run to. Here's what you run from. Here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. I mean, it's not that difficult. The problem is we make it more difficult because we try to make decisions ourselves apart from the instructions of the Word of God. We get a proverb today from Brother Allen. You know, if you just stayed in the Proverbs, you'd stay out of a lot of trouble. If you just stayed in the Proverbs, you'd stay out of a lot of trouble. Number three, not only do we have a guide and not only do we have a goal, but, uh, you know, each man out there has a specific gift. We've got, we've got some guys. Uh, my favorite guy out there right now is a guy named Willie. Willie. All Willie does is drive the forklift. You say, man, that's a good gig. Boy, Willie's the busiest man out there because Willie's job is to make sure that they always have blocks and always have mud. So there's probably 10 or 15 different guys slacking mud. So there's always 10 or 15 guys that need mud. So that forklift is running mud, running block, running mud, running block. And then he's got to get that forklift uh, in between the walls and the scaffolding and all that. And the other day I was watching, I'm thinking, Willie, if you hit my wall, I'm going to shoot you because I mean, it was so tight. And that's all Willie does. There's another big old guy. I don't know his name. All he does is cut block all day long. Wah! They give him the dimensions. He's cut, but wah! Then you got all the guys doing the mud. Then you got the guy, the other crew, the other crew, all they do is the, the, the grading and getting that pond fixed and all that. And then you got the other guys and all these different guys. Every one of them is different. And I asked our, our construction foreman out there, uh, our, our supervisor, I say, well, do they ever cross over? Oh, no, 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 no. Block guys don't mess with concrete guys. Concrete guys don't mess with block guys. They're different. That's their specialty. And that's a whole different company 
The grading guys, they don't even work with these guys. This is a crew, this is a crew, and that's a different company. And then all of a sudden, uh, we, we made a little mistake because the black guys were going faster than the electrician, so they kind of they blocked the wall up. The electrician had to come back, and they had to redo some stuff. And so the electrician, he's got to get in, and the plumbing guy had to put his sleeves in, and everybody's got a part of that. By the way, I don't want this guy, the black guy, running my plumbing. Now, I don't know that he couldn't do it, but I'd rather the plumber plumb and the block guy cut block. I'd rather Willie run the forklift than some crazy person, right? You don't want knocking down what you're trying to build. Every one of them has a different gift. And they're using it. It's chaos, but it's the harmony of chaos. When, when we pour concrete, we have to pour beams out there. And when we pour the beams, Willie gets off the tractor and he's the guy that handles the end of the hose that moves the concrete down the blocks. Say why? Because you don't want a moron just throwing concrete everywhere. And that's his job. He's the concrete guy. That's all he does. Say, well, man, I wish he did more. Well, you know what? I like the fact that he knows what he's doing. When it's his time to do his job, he does his job. He's not trying to do everybody else's job. be a novel thought at church, wouldn't it? Just do your job. Do your job, and by the way, do your job well and leave everybody else alone. I would like for some of y'all to relinquish the job of the Holy Spirit back to the Holy Spirit. I really believe the Holy Spirit is good at being the Holy Spirit. I think he's pretty much God at that. And I think we need to not be the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, I, I said this, I was laughing, I told this at the church uh, up yonder. Uh, in every church, there's a leader. Sometimes it's the pastor. In every church, there's a leader. Sometimes it's the pastor. Some of y'all get that tomorrow. Jim knows exactly what I'm talking about, right? In every church, there's a leader. Sometimes it's the pastor. Listen, uh, everybody's got a job, and I mean this with all my heart. It takes as much Holy Spirit to do your job as it does to my, do my job, but God's gifted you to do you, and he's gifted me to do me. Controlled chaos, harmony of chaos. Everybody doing their jobs. What are you good at? You could, you could give me a lifetime of lessons. I couldn't do this. A lifetime. Couldn't do this. I was bragging on our music up there when I was preaching, and he was bragging on his guy, and I said, yeah, your guy's good. My guy's better. I just told him flat out. He said, no, he's not. Oh, yeah. I just watched the, watch the video. He's better. Anytime. But, but listen, find your gift. Fill this choir up. Fill this orchestra up. We're trying desperately. Jim and Harry and Harry, uh, we have a meeting night with our school teachers. Trying to, trying to prepare ourselves for Sunday school growth and, and for outreach and 221-21. Uh, maybe this is going to be where you can plug in and really get involved. There's a lot of places, but everybody has a gift, and everybody ought to be using their gift, watch this, to help others grow, to help others be saved, and to help others grow. Your gift ought to be being poured into somebody else. You didn't get a gift to say, look at me, look at my gift. You got a gift to use your gift to help somebody. Every one of us has somebody that somewhere poured into them. And now we need to be pouring in us. Everybody's got a gift. Everybody's got a gift. Now, the third one I wrote down, I, I, I like this word. Uh, everybody's part of a guild. A guild. And I, 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 I use this word because it's the letter G, but it's the word that I wanted. And it's the association of craftsmen or merchants. Everybody's got a place that you belong. My grandfather was a proud member of the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, IBEW. That was his association. 
But he, he'd go to the, to the hall and he'd get his ticket and he'd go to that job and he wanted me to be an apprentice electrician. I said, no, uh, I don't want to be electrocuted. And uh, uh, he was an IB and then they got the plumbers union and they got the teamsters union and he got all the, these, all these different guilds, these trades union, and that's where they belong and that's where they use their gifts. They're out of the brotherhood. The teamsters or the IBW or whatever. Well, this... Community, Bible, Baptist Church, this is your guild. This is where you come and from here go out there. IBW, you didn't do the work at the hall. For years, my grandfather worked at Western Electric, huge plant uh, on Jimmy Carter Boulevard in Norcross, Georgia. And I thought for years he worked for Western Electric. He didn't. He was a union man who got a job at Western Electric. And for years he went there to work. And so here's where you come and get your ticket. Here's where you come and get your training. Here's where you come sign the book, if you know that phrase. Here's where you come sign the book. It's out there that you go apply your trade. You apply your craft. And here is where we come and we get instructed and encouraged and we're sent out from. But if we're not making a difference out there, uh, who cares if we show off in here to each other? Uh, electricians don't sit around saying, oh, let me, let me show you, I can do this. They go out there and they do the work. And here is where we come to prepare, out there, out there. That, that, that's, this, is the whole, this is the whole concept of, of disciple making. Uh, the church is not for us to reach the lost in here. The church is for us to go out there and to make a difference. You ply your craft on the job site. Where's your job site? Wherever you go tomorrow. Your workplace, your school place, your places of enjoyment or business or, or relaxation or rest. Out there's where you go do the work. Now you do stuff in here and I understand that. You sing and worship and there's parts and pieces of all that. But it's out there where we make the impact. It's out there. And each one of these groups has a general superintendent, an overseer, a guide. Ours is uh, uh, Dennis Dennis is our overseer, our superintendent out here, our project site manager. And uh, it's interesting, we've had three or four problems, and Dennis comes to us and says, hey, we're working through this. He catches the guys, something's not right. The other day, one of the problems was uh, one of our beams, was it a concrete pour beam or a steel pour beam? And uh, one set of plans said steel, one set of plans said concrete, and so he had to look at the plans, and then he had to go make a decision whether it was steel or concrete. And uh, there was another, the dirt issue, we weren't percolating, so we go look at the plans and all that, and then we make decisions. And uh, what the superintendent does is this, he's watching everybody do their thing, and he's making sure that everybody's got their job and doing their work and doing it correctly so that in the end, all of these mesh together. Now, he is not the architect. He is not even the engineer. He is just the guy that's looking at what the architect and what the engineers have put on paper and making sure that the craftsmen are doing their job. He's the go-between between the craftsman and the architect, the craftsman and the engineer. He's the one that says, uh, this is what the requirements are and this is what we're supposed to do. And you've got to meet this standard. All he's doing is bringing these people to these people and these people to these people. He's the in-between guy. Well, that's what your pastor is. Your pastor's the in-between guy. He's saying, look, here's what the plans say. Here's what God designed. 
Here, here's what you and I ought to be doing. Now, look, you, you're not building that right. That's going to be out of bounds. Uh, fix that. Why? Pastor says, so. no, this is what the book says. What the book says. And so the superintendent, he goes and looks at the plans, and then he comes and gives it to the workers. Isn't that kind of what a preacher does? All week long, I look at the plans, and Sunday I give it to the workers. Kind of the job of the preacher. And uh, when, the, when the workers mess up or, or, or maybe start getting out of line, he's going, oh, wait, 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 wait. We've got to redo that. We've got to redo that. Got to get it back in bounds. I'm not making the rules up. I'm just, I'm just following what the architect got. By the way, I answer to the architect. I answer to the general contractor. And, and, and the architect says, do it this way. Uh, by the way, I don't have the right to change the plans. Neither does the workers. Well, I don't, I don't want to do that. Well, that's not, not your call. The architect says you do this. And so we do what the architect says. We do what the general contractor says. We do what the uh, civil or the, or the uh, 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 structural engineer says. I'm mad at the preacher. Don't get mad at the preacher. I'm just the engineer. I'm just telling you what the engineer said. Well, you shouldn't. I'm just telling you what the, the architect says. Our life, our life is to glorify God. Our life is to, our goal in life is to glorify God. I, I want that to be so. I said it this weekend at the marriage conference. I've come to one very simple goal: finish well, be pleasing unto God. I don't have to have anything else. Finish well, that my life counts for Christ. My goal is to help you finish well. My goal is to help you finish well. Prayerfully, the goal of our church is to win people to Christ and teach them to follow Christ so they can be accepted into heaven and be a part of that group that hears, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Our God is the word of God. It always is. Man, I, I, read, a, I read a thing today of a church in Nashville, and uh, they just proudly proclaim themselves to be a progressive church. They've done away with the word of God, the deity of Christ, the necessity of salvation, every cardinal doctrine in the world. And I'm thinking, how can you claim to be a church when you deny the very doctrine of the word of God? Our God is the word of God. Our gifts are are to be used in conjunction with each other. I don't have to be good at everything. My daddy said one time, he said, I don't have to know everything. I just have to know people who know things. I don't have to know how to do all this. John, you're in charge. I don't have to micromanage that. I don't have to micromanage Sunday school or FBI or, or Reformers Unanimous or the Christian school. I just have to say, look, I hired you to do your job. Do it well. Now, if you get out of line, we'll check the book and make sure our standards are still right and, and, and we're staying in balance. But, but listen, other than that, do your job. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has a talent. You ought to do what you are wired to do. Our God, our guild here, the local church. God loves the local church. God's design for this age is the local church. I do love this church, and I say it publicly. I say it on the broadcast so that Jacob can see it. I'm glad to go preach out at Ufola Baptist Church. I'd love seeing Colin and Sammy. I love being my friend. But all I could think about was getting home to our church. Well, I tell you, if you want to enjoy your church better, go visit other churches. Every time I leave and go away, I get hungry to come back because what God is doing in this place, I don't want to miss a Sunday. I don't want to miss a service. I don't want to miss a weekday because we're seeing God do some neat things here and some amazing things here, and I'm loving being a part of that, and I love this place, and I'm dedicated to this place, and if God help me, I'll leave from this place. Our general superintendent, the, the under-shepherd to the great shepherd. Aren't you glad I'm not the final authority on anything? We have a greater under, I'm the under shepherd to the greater shepherd to the great shepherd. And so I, I just try to follow Christ. And Paul said, hey, you follow me as, as I follow Christ. By the way, if I ever stop following Christ, you stop following me and you rebuke me. You call me out. 
Brother John and I were talking this week about a pastor friend of ours led a church in a completely different direction. Listen, I don't blame that pastor, but I do blame that church. I do blame that church. Somebody should have said, oh, no, sir, no, sir, no, sir. We love you, preacher, but no, sir. Your personality and your preaching and your antics and all that, uh, we like all that, but no, we're going to stay with the book. We're going to stay with the truth of the Word of God. And, uh, you know, uh, that, that would keep us from a lot of trouble, wouldn't it? We have a, a greater shepherd. We'll follow Christ. We follow each other. It's the beauty. It's the harmony of the chaos. I'd love you to come by tomorrow and just watch them all, man. They're like little beavers everywhere, little ants everywhere. But by the end of the day, there's two more foot of wall. Two more. By the way, we got three of the big towers up. You want to see how tall that building is? Go out and look at that iron stretch in the sky. That's how tall the building is going to be. It's impressive. The north wall is finished except for a two-foot uh, cap they've got to put on it with a, with a beam across. The, the north wall is almost finished. Over 15 feet of wall. It's beautiful, man. It's exciting. They're, they're moving every day. You say, man, it looks like they're just throwing mud around and running on. Yeah, but there's a plan to all of this. You know what? Tonight, do you understand just tonight in this, this location right here, not counting anything that we do during the week, not counting mission of any kind, you've got teens being preached to, you've got bus kids being preached to, you've got church kids being preached to, uh, you've got uh, master club kids being preached to, you've got nursery control chaos there, and then you've got in here. That's not anything we do externally. That's just this night right here all over this building. It looks like, man, what's going on? Lots of stuff, but it's all for one goal. Preach Christ, help people grow to, to know Christ. Father, the harmony of chaos, a local church that's busy, a local church that's growing, Lord, always in transition, people coming, people going, people stepping up, people, Lord, stepping into new roles, creating new roles, new ministries. Lord, I loved uh, uh, Vision Night when two or three people came up and said, hey, pray with me about starting this ministry. Lord, that's, that's just amazing to me. Lord, I pray that we would see the beauty, the harmony of all the chaos, and Lord, we'd realize that everything seems to be disjointed, but actually, Lord, everybody's doing different things for one common purpose, to magnify Jesus Christ, to preach the gospel of Christ, and to help people follow Christ. Lord, I pray that you'd give us a greater urgency and burden that we never become apathetic to the calling of the gospel. Lord, I pray that 2.21.21, our call to discipleship, Lord, that we would have some take the mantle, uh, Lord, some take the challenge seriously of uh, intensive accountability and discipleship and one purpose only, to disciple others. Let that be so, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. All right, Brother John, if you'll come and, uh, where are you at, Brother John? Make our announcements. Uh, the offering is in the back. The ushers will be ready with the offering plate. We'll make two or three announcements, and then we'll be dismissed right on time tonight. All right, uh, just one announcement with school. Mrs. Simpson, uh, Debbie Simpson, asked me to announce again if you would like strawberries. I think this is the last night to get signed up for that. And then it needs to be paid for by Sunday. So if you want to get signed up for uh, chocolate-covered strawberries to give to a significant other or somebody that you love for Sunday, uh, see Debbie tonight. There's also a sign-up sheet out there um, in the coffee shop. All right. Once again, the offering plates are in the back of the room if you'd like to give your tithes and or offerings as the Lord leads tonight as you exit. 
We're looking forward to two weeks from tonight, the missions conference, the 24th through the 28th. That's part of the Sunday school teachers meeting that's going to happen right now with Dr. Mills right after this service, all right? So please make sure that we as a congregation, we are here every night. We just went through the uh, planning part of that uh, this afternoon, the final planning part of that, and we just got something in store. We'll talk about it more on Sunday evening in detail during the service. Who's never been part of a missions conference here at CBBC? Can I see your hand? Who's never part? Okay. A lot. Most of you. Okay, good. This Sunday night, I'll tell you all more about it, okay? We also have that Widow and Widow's Banquet on February 16th. Please sign up for that. We've got the fundraiser for the teens this Sunday, uh, this Friday afternoon. We've got basketball games tomorrow at Park Street Baptist starting at 4 o'clock. And that's it, Pastor. We've just got that Sunday school meeting, I believe, with you and Doc Mills right now. Right, we're going to meet right over here in this far left section, so if you can come quickly. Uh, and we'll hasten right there. Tomorrow night, we're playing a big game against Westgate. Love for you to come out and be a part of that. JV girls uh, and then the varsity girls and the varsity guys will have a good time, time with that. Uh, Ayla, I want to make sure. Are we, have we got that meeting set up yet? I want to make sure we get that meeting with Ayla set up, please. And, uh, Nicole, please get that on the book. That would make my spirit better. I want you to pray about a couple of things. The Lord is doing some, some things. We're, we're working through some stuff. Uh, just a lot of different cool things uh, that are happening. Uh, we'll keep you updated on Maya, and hopefully we'll be home tomorrow or the next day if the Lord wills, and uh, that'll be a blessing. Sunday's going to be a great day. Cannot wait. Lots going on here. And then 2-21-21, I'll say more about that every service, but uh, that's going to be our call to discipleship. And we've been preaching on discipleship since October, and uh, a disciple does what? He makes disciples. And so we're going to ask some of you, my friend David Nims will be here to talk to us about that. And I'm looking forward to a great, great day. Let's all stand together and uh, we'll bump fish, shake cans, do whatever you're comfortable with. Be in your place on Sunday. Let's have a great crowd, great turnout. Uh, Sunday school teachers and workers, let's meet together. God bless you. Nicole, get their certificates for them. I love you. You're dismissed.
ensemble, if you want to make your way up here to the platform, that would be helpful. You're going in there, right?